Check, check, check. Okay, I'm going to put us on. Here we go. And when you're ready. Good morning. We are back. It's 10-11. Go ahead and share this out. If you're watching on Facebook, thank you so much for hanging out and taking the time to tune in. We're going to be talking about literature. We're going to be talking about books, and we're going to be talking about this brand new novel that just came out. I believe I'm going to say it right. It's called Chimera by W.J. Norman. And I have Jeff in studio, the author. I'm going to go ahead and switch us back on the FM. I'm going to get him introduced, and then we're going to be sharing and talking about everything that's in this book. And and before we go on, one of the first things I look at whenever I look for books is if there's any pictures or illustrations in there. Because when I was a kid, I would always pick books that had pictures and illustrations, so I had less pages, so I had to, had to read less. And there are. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm reading this book. Here we go. Good morning. This is KHEA Radio, 99.5 FM. Right now it's 10, 12 on a Tuesday. We were hanging out with Dr. Aaron Chapa from Living Well Clinical Nutrition Center. And right now I have a new guest. He's going to be telling us all about his brand new book. It's Chimera by W.J. Norman. I have the author in studio. What's up? I'm going to let you introduce yourself and then maybe uh, talk about what the overview, without giving away too much, what okay. is in this book. So what's your name? So my name's Jeff Norman. Um, I'm from Leak City, Texas. Um, my pen name, obviously, is W.J. Norman. My first name's William, so that's why it's W.J. Norman on the book. <laughs> cool. Um, but basically, it's a fantasy story <clears throat> about four kids, four 12-year-olds who get thrust into a dream realm uh, unexpectedly. And in this dream realm, the there is basically a dethroned wizard and an evil sorceress that are on the brink of battle. And um, so the story basically goes from there. The kids go on to encounter, like, there's really cool magical beasts in it. They fight legendary battles. Um, and they really, really what it's about is how the kids learn real courage, sacrifice, and how to live with purpose. Okay, so you're from League City. <laughs> yep. And did you always know that you wanted to write a, write a book? And who did you grow up reading? Well, I grew up, I didn't really read growing up. That's that's what's kind of funny. I didn't start reading till later in life. I was more of a sports guy growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, so I was always busy uh, playing baseball, soccer, football, tennis, any, any sport basically. Um, and then when I lost all the sports and I got older, I started reading uh, Patrick Rothfuss. And his book is, his first book was called The Name of the Wind. And that's really, ever since I read that book, it made me fell in love or made me fall in love with uh, fantasy stories. So really, um, I guess Patrick Rothfuss, J.R. Tolkien, um, and C.S. Lewis are my main, they're my main like influence, influences. Like- yeah, and this book, it kind of looks similar to, it has a lot of those different stories kind of thrown in, which yeah. were obviously in my head at the time. <laughs> yeah, so whenever you were looking to to create or pick a pen name, I feel like that's a big that's a big ordeal. Did you have any? I, I don't want to call it a fake name, but like I'm gonna write under a different a different alias because you do you know you don't go by WJ on a no. on a daily basis, right? No, I don't. I go by Jeff. So you go by Jeff. But is was there ever another name, or you're just like, no, it sounds good, WJ. WJ yeah, I, I really I didn't. I wrote this for my daughter. I have an eight year old, and. Um, when I was writing it, she was in, well, she's in second grade, so she was in the first grade, it was last year, um, and she was, like, really wanting to learn how to write a story and put put stories together. She loves books, and 
Um, so I was like, well, let's start writing one. So I just started kind of, that's how I started the book. It was just kind of dabbling around and writing. And then I was like, wait a minute, this is kind of a cool story. Like, like I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> man, what did I, oh man, stumbled in this. I, and she I hear was that. like really into it. And so I knew that I had a, had something that would really capture a kid's attention. Did she help you with any of the choices or decisions that happened in the book? Yeah, she helped me with quite a few. Um, so there are the magical beasts. They're called Valers in the book. Um, and they're basically mixed breed animals. Uh, like the word Chimera means a basically a mixed breed animal. And the, the alpha of the Valers is basically has the, the head of a lion, uh, the horns of a goat, the wings of a dragon, and the, the tail of a dragon. So it's very similar to what a, the mythology of a Chimera is. But then there are the other Valers as well, and she helped me create the other Valers. So, like, uh, one is one's named Lily, and Lily is pink and white, but she has the body of a zebra, like with pink stripes, uh, a gold horn, like a unicorn, a uh, pink pink dragon tail and yep that one yep pink dragon tail and wings and the legs of a cheetah so um you can't see the color in the in in the printed book but uh on my facebook page i have all the pictures in color all right that's cool so is that on your personal facebook page or for no, the book? I have some book facebook page uh it's the world of chimera if you look that up by the tagline okay yeah and so there's if you turn the page there there's other ones like that's the one section with pictures so she helped me create all these beasts. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And and how did that make her feel? Because I can only imagine. Oh, she loves the, creating things and like outlandish things is like her specialty. Yeah. <laughs> so um, one of the questions I did want to ask, and I thought of this a little bit earlier, but so who is this book written for? Like you mentioned, hey, I started writing this because, you know, my daughter, she was helping. What kind of audience and age range would you expect to to love this this book? I would expect um, from third grade into middle school, really. And I mean, if you're in the fantasy, into the fantasy genre, you'll probably enjoy it as well. It's just more targeted to a kids. It's kind of like the um, Chronicles of Narnia, you know, like adults love those books, but they're targeted more at kids. Right. Uh, it's very similar to that kind of audience. So I would I would prefer like a middle middle grade uh, age group. I think to actually grasp the themes and everything. Yeah. So, so what kind of process does it take to actually get physical copies, you know, of a book? It seems like that's not easy. If it was easy, then everybody would be like, thinks they're, you know, uh, it was not an author. <laughs> it was really not easy. Um. So what I did is I self-published through uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, which is a really cool tool that Amazon has, where authors can go and basically build your book uh, for no cost and publish your book. So um, <clears throat> the cover you see there, I designed that on an app <laughs> on my phone with different clip arts and plugins and uh, colored it. What app? Uh, Canva. Canva. I have Canva. That was going to be my guess. Yep. Canva. I love Canva. If you don't have Canva, that is a nugget. Like go download Canva. Yeah. If you're a business owner or you just want to make interesting posts, there's there's all kinds of features on there. Yeah. And so I... I Made the cover, um, the front cover with that. And then KDP has, they have a really cool system. It just kind of really walks you through every every bit of the process to uh, to get that physical book. It took me, that was probably the most stressful part because I have no idea what I was doing at first. And I had to learn 
everything uh from formatting to what font you know just different choices of what font to use um yeah, that seems like it would be because I, I don't know. Like I would end up using Kid Print because that was like my favorite one or Wingdings. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> if you want to translate this yourself, good luck. Right. That's how deep my novel is. Right. Cool. Yeah, it's it was it was very difficult. That part was very difficult, and a lot of time went into that. But um, I really enjoyed doing it. Looking back at it, because I mean, if you're going to really go to a publishing house and and publish your book, it's going to cost quite a bit of money. Yeah. So. Really, this way, all I do is pay, um, I pay KDP for author copies, and then they ship them directly to me. They print them and ship them directly to me. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So now that you have kind of the process down, I feel like you've gone through the the hardest part. Maybe the first one, maybe the, the follow-up. Is there going to be multiple uh, you know, books or follow-ups in this, in this series? Well, I'm hoping so. I have started a second book. Um, I'm taking a little break from the writing right now just to give my brain a rest <laughs> uh from from basically the process of writing this one uh so i really want a fresh mind coming in i have a good idea to, on where to take the world and the characters um and i do hope that i'll produce yeah, more yeah i want to i really have an idea for a four book series so that's what i'm hoping for awesome yeah that's cool that's cool um so you know we got introduced from a, a mutual friend Brock. Yeah. So we, we, you know, I was actually sitting with someone else, and 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 Brock called. So we're talking to him about some video stuff, and Brock said, "Hey, I got a friend who wrote a book, and I really want to get some film to it." And I was like, "I want to help. Let's help. Let's help mm-hmm. make this happen." Do you see this turning into a movie, a, a film, a short film, a series? Do you see that? The potential would, for that? I would love for that to happen. Um, it's it's a very imaginative story. Like, as you see on the cover, the sky is green and the trees are blue and the clouds are purple and stuff like that. So it would definitely require some kind of CGI in it with the magical beasts and stuff like that. But that's really, when I read it, I kind of visualize it like that. And even my wife told me after she read it, she said, I would like to see that in a movie. Like, because I think it would be really cool to see everything happen. There's a lot of good action sequences. and yeah. Yeah, and stunning visuals that would... You would have to be involved, though, right? Because, like, let's say somebody else took it, and and I know you'd be like, this is not the way it was supposed to be, because, you know, somebody else reads this, and that's what one of the the benefits about, um, you know, literature is it's kind of the person's creativity. You know, what they see, everyone has a different story in their head, even though it's the exact same story. Right. Yeah, I would want to be at least... Yeah, I would want to be involved. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's a... I feel like it's well written for a uh, to follow some kind of screenplay. I don't have a screenplay, obviously, for it, but I think it flows well um, to, if, to where if you just followed chapter by chapter, it would tell a a, a good story. Okay, cool. So uh, before we went on the the air, the FM, and on on Facebook Live, you mentioned that you have a you have a full time job as well. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. What what do you do in in that line of work? I'm a physical therapist assistant at Ashton Park Care Center right across the freeway here in Texas City. Yeah. So um we care for the elderly and uh I do the physical therapy there to help the patients regain their function. Mm-hmm. So, How did you end up in that in that line of work? Is that something you always you know you you thought you wanted to go into the medical field? Uh no, not really. I I actually like I said I played sports growing up and uh, I went to college to play baseball. Um, and so that was really my dream. <laughs> uh, 
and then I tore my rotator cuff in college and my first semester. So I didn't even get to play in college, but what that mm. showed me and it opened up the world that I'm in now is the physical therapy because I had to go through that. Um, and I did, I had kind of a questionable experience with physical therapy, but I enjoyed the environment where I was, where I had my physical therapy and I just saw the possibility to help people. And I've always liked helping people. And that was, that was kind of really what I saw. And then I saw that, um, San Jack South has the physical therapist assistant program. And so I, I applied and it just, it just hit home. Like, I love it. What position did you play in baseball? I, well, I went to college as a catcher, um, in high school. I went to Clear Creek High School down the road and I was a pitcher and a shortstop mostly there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And are you an Astros fan? Yeah. Big Astros fan. I'm going to have to bring something up Uh that no one's really been talking about much. Um, what do you think about all of the, the allegations and the Astros have been kind of quiet about it, you know, after there was like all these videos, have you seen any of the videos where they say like the Astros were banging on trash cans and all that stuff? Yeah, I saw one and it was pretty obvious that something was, <laughs> something going, on. was going on. I I'm listening to the audio and I'm I'm saying there's no way this audio is not doctored in some way. Whether they are bringing up, um, bringing up the levels, you know, at certain yeah. points and bringing it down, bringing up the levels. There's something. I mean, you can do all kinds of stuff in post that people don't even realize and i'm like okay this is this has to be doctrine in some way because everybody that's watching on tv if i can hear it on my phone like everybody watching on tv would notice like oh someone's banging something in the in the dugout and then who's banging like i i I need more info to come out before i am you know 100 making my decision yeah not that mine matters at all i'm the same way i like to think the best of them and (laughs) i don't want to believe it but when I saw that video, I was like, okay, they're doing something. <laughs> but but then, they, yeah. like, in, in baseball, in any sport, you're looking to get an advantage over your opponent. But, like, if you see some, like, say a batter's in the batter's box and he sees the pitcher's tipping his pitches somehow by what he's doing. Yeah. And he tells his teammate, I don't see anything wrong with that, but the, from what I'm hearing with the Astros is they're going to extreme lengths, like putting cameras in a seat and using little flashlights to communicate from the outfield and stuff like that. So that – that's a little far, I feel like. Like, you- What kind of Morris code do they have going on? Like, I don't even, I feel like that would be more of a hassle than it would be, uh, you know, of a benefit. Cause then it's like, okay, the, they'd have to see the catcher from outfield, you know, blink a light or like watching the TV, you know, the, in the dugout. And then all of a sudden somebody's like, okay, bang the trash can right. three <laughs> times. And it's like, ding, ding, ding. It's like, come on. Maybe you should pitch faster. Yeah. Instead of like do, doing your whole little routine. Well, it, it, it is funny just to watch that video. Really what my concern is uh, going forward with the Astros, I think they're going to get penalized pretty severely because Major League Baseball is going to try to make an example out of them. Yeah. Even though you had the Red Sox stealing signs with their Apple Watches, you had, you've had other people doing this, but I feel like they, have, they seem to have something against the Astros. I don't know what it is, but uh, I think they're going to come down on them hard. And then not only that, but the hitter's performances because when you get used to knowing what pitch is coming it kind of like gets you in the habit of not having to do half your job because half your job as a hitter is recognizing the pitch before you hit it so if you're not having to do that on your home games (laughs) I mean that you can see I could see them really struggling in the future if if they were to keep doing that yeah you know yeah 
I was looking at some of the averages and stuff, and 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 people were saying, well, like during that season or during the playoff, they they only won on the road, you know, and they lost every game at home. Yeah, that one. How do you explain that? You know, Mr. Trash Can. Bang yeah, that's three. a good point. So I don't know. Right now it's ten twenty seven. This is KHEA Radio dot com ninety nine point five FM. If you haven't downloaded the KHEA Radio app, go do that today. All you have to do is search KHEA inside the Google Play Store or in the App Store. Smash the download. You can go and view every single recorded interview, sit down time, kickstart that's ever been in existence right from the app. It's also on our YouTube channel, which that streams from. We're also on um, anywhere that you can stream a podcast from. So on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, search KHEA Radio, search Kickstart, subscribe to that thing and make sure that you listen daily, re-listen, share it out. If there's ever anything beneficial that you find, you can go back and, and check it out on there as well. You know, there's a lot of people that we talk to that maybe uh, can't watch, but they can listen, you know, in their car, go back and listen, or if they're getting ready for the day or they work in a kitchen, there's all kinds of things you can do. And, uh, and right now we are talking to Jeff, W.J. Norman, about his brand new book, Chimera. When did this come out? It came out, let's see, it came out in the summer. This yeah. summer. Mm-hmm. So it's brand, brand new. Yeah, it's brand new, yeah. And here's a question that I have, because when I was talking about the podcast, I was thinking audiobooks. I listen to some audiobooks. Mm-hmm. It, it's easy. You know, podcast, audiobooks, you plug it in your car. Do kids listen to audiobooks? Is that something that you have seen? My daughter likes listening to audiobooks. Um, that's my only experience I have with kids. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, from what I've seen, they do like listening to them, especially at bedtime, going to bed. They'll like to listen to something while they're trying to fall asleep. Yeah. Um, I don't have an audio book format for this yet, but I would like to produce one. Me and Brock have actually been talking about that. Yeah. Would you want to do it in your voice? I don't think so. Um, I don't, I don't feel like I have like a warm voice for a, for audio book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, it's going to require someone with a dynamic range, I feel like. Because uh, you have that evil sorceress that... Um, so acting and feeling yeah, out the characters. Yeah, yeah. To, to really make it authentic and make the listener feel it, I think you would. I think I would want someone with a dynamic uh, voice range. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Uh, sometimes I've, I've heard some books and the author has read it, and I think they do a great job, but it's not necessarily, you know, books like this. Yeah. And then I've heard books that the author didn't read it and it's just someone reading through it. And it's just like, this is lame. Exactly. Like I want to find another book that has some kind of emotion. They know what's going on. Like, and not just like reading the text. Yeah. exactly. So, yeah. So I'm going to read the back of this. So this is okay. kind of a, a little description of the book, right? Yeah. It's a summary. Okay. So Beckett's 12th birthday party doesn't quite go as expected when he and his three friends are cursed into a dream realm on the brink of war between a dethroned wizard and a wicked sorceress. Join Beckett, Charity, Mott, and Bristol in this captivating tale as they encounter magical beasts, fight legendary battles, and experience epic adventures that change their lives forever. Welcome to the realm of Chimera, where dreams collide with reality. Did I say the names right of the characters? You did. Perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crystal, is this a, I feel like this is a book that you, that you would enjoy. You are a fantasy uh, fan, if that's the right term. I am a fantasy fan, and I'm a huge nerd. Not that your book is nerdy, or I don't mean that as an insult. Why did you call no, it Crystal? But like, I I am a huge nerd. Nerds so, are cool. Like, I love everything science fiction, fantasy, like all of that is right up my alley. I a hundred percent would have read this when I was a child. I would well, probably what? still like to read, read it now. now. <laughs> it's still here today. 
you can read this copy. I'll let you borrow it after I'm done. Yeah, whenever you were describing the premise, I, I definitely got a lot of uh, Tolkien and C.S. Lewis vibes from it. Yeah. It's definitely, it's exciting. It sounds like, I mean, my little sister loves to read, so I think she would definitely enjoy this book as well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, from from the feedback that I've got, it's a lot of adults are reading the book and, and loving it, and then uh, there's been quite a few high school kids and middle school kids that have really enjoyed it. Hey, so here's a comment on our Facebook feed. Christina says, I love I love his sweater vest. Oh, okay. She Thank likes you, her Christina. sweater vest. You know, anytime I think of sweater vest, one of the coolest person like that I, that I've ever seen like in is Mark McGrath. And he could rock a sweater vest <laughs> so hard. Do you know who Mark McGrath is? Yeah. Sugar Ray. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everybody knows who <laughs> I'm that just, is. <laughs> just wondering. That was like, uh, man, they they had put out some hits, and he always he made it look so cool. Like he would sometimes wear it with the shirt, sometimes without, and he's just like, I'm just wearing a sweater vest, looking cool. I'm Mark McGrath with my bleach hair. I don't go cool that guy. far. Maybe you should. Imagine like it's like W. J. Norman. He's the guy. He's kind of like Mark McGrath esque. Some you know? things from the '90s should stay in the '90s. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, I agree. That's coming back. Like everything '90s is coming back. You see these kids wearing like the scrunchies on their arms, and <laughs> there's an eye roll over there. My little sister, she has scrunchies and like a hydro flask. And yeah, stuff, like and I oop and all that like visco girl stuff yeah. drives me insane. It's pretty much like a '90s a '90s kid. I, the trends do recycle. I was there. I remember. I don't think that was ever really a trend though. That was one guy. Oh, the and I oop. Yeah. And I no the the vest over. Oh, the, the, <laughs> oh Mark McGrath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's just <laughs> Mark McGrath, probably the coolest guy. If somebody knows him. I'd love to meet Mark McGrath. See what he's up to. <laughs> Maybe come over for dinner, have a good time. I feel like you need better dreams. <laughs> no, Mark McGrath is cool. Sugar Ray was a great band. Keep telling yourself that. <laughs> you didn't like Sugar Ray? No. I'm like I'm way older than you. Well, okay, I enjoy 90s music because, like, I was born in the 90s, so I'm a 90s kid. Um, I'm not that much younger than you, just, like, six years, seven? Yeah, that's enough. So, like, when I'm in sixth grade and and Sugar Ray's putting out hits, you were in, like, kindergarten or something or for, I don't know. How old are you all? I'm not a mathematician over here. I'm 27. He's 33. I'm 33. Oh, I'm older than both of y'all. I'm not a wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Math is hard. Yes, 90s forever, Christina. I agree with you. Uh, right now it's 1033. This is KHEARadio.com, 99.5 FM. We're going to take a quick break on the FM. We're going to keep it going on Channel 46 and uh, right here on our KHEA Radio Facebook page. Boom. How old are you? I'm 37. I'll be 38 this month. Cool. When? So, what day? The 23rd. Well, happy early birthday. Thanks. Do you have any plans? Not really. I try not to make plans what is it like having a birthday right before christmas it's not easy um the one gift thing well growing up well the gifts my parents were always good with the gift part is just like growing up your friends are always busy and it's not their fault it's i mean it's a holiday so it's like we always had to do my birthday party like a month before after something like that yeah i i can only imagine i have a um my wife has a friend, and I mean, she's my friend too, but I think her birthday is on Christmas. Really? Yeah. And so you share a birthday with Jesus. Yeah. Which is really cool. It's great company <laughs> to be in. But um, yeah, there's the the whole happy birthday. Right? This is one gift. It's like, well, you know, am I getting ripped off? But, you know, I, it's uh, it's all good. It's all, 
Yeah, now I'm old and it doesn't really matter. Just giving it to the kids. And you yeah. have just one daughter? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I got two kids and one on the way. My wife's at the wow. doctor right now. So, yeah. Um, and my son, he loves to read. He's uh, he's seven, so he just turned seven. So I'd be interested to see. Um, because for him, he he likes going through books, but he hasn't attempted to read anything this mm-hmm. this big. So this may be a good uh, a good start for him. Yeah. It's mo- it's like a chapter book format. I think there's 14 total chapters. Yeah. Um but yeah, my my I read it to my daughter. Um I'd like to whenever she's at a higher reading level, I want her to, you know, dig in and read it for herself. Yeah. Do you do uh did you do it like at bedtime or just like whenever? Yeah, so um <laughs> I actually wrote this book. I wrote a copy or a version of this book and I would read I would kind of write a chapter and then read it to her. Um, and then I had my wife read that version of the book. And then she gave me some really good feedback um, about it being a little predictable. And so I went back and I totally rehauled the whole story. Was that tough to, to yeah. take that feedback? It's just like, it was perfect. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't, I could see what she was saying. So it wasn't tough to hear the feedback. What was tough was just like throwing away the parts that I had worked on. So it's like, why did I even work on this when I, you know, but yeah, but really that's what writing is. You, you have to really just sit down and write. And if something doesn't work, you got to be able to throw it away and reimagine it. Remember those books where you were involved? It's like, there's door A and door B. Yeah. Like, which one do you go through? Yeah. You go through B and this happens. There's so, a lot of those moments in, yeah. in this story where I was like, well, what, how do I want to tell this part of the story or where are they going next? And, that's really my daughter helped me with quite a bit of that. So yeah, it really thrives on a child's imagination. I feel like because her imagination really helped helped form it. That's cool. Yeah. Here's a question: How can we purchase the book? How can somebody get just a copy directly on Amazon? Um, you just search Chimera W J Norman and it pops up, and it's nine ninety nine on Amazon, and they'll print one and ship it right to you. Prime and everything. Yeah, so that's a, that's a really good price point. Was that important to you? Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you'll see books as like $18, and I'm like, $18? Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I, well, like I said, I wrote this for my daughter, so, um, I mean, if it turns into something bigger, which, I mean, I wouldn't mind, I would like that, but at the same time, I'm proud of what it what it is and that she likes it, and and then I was able to write it for her, and there's a little dedication in there for her, um, I think the second page or so. Yeah. Uh, so that's a memory that we'll have for, you know, our whole life. Have you have you gotten feedback from from anybody else yet? I know the book just came out, so there's a lot of people that maybe uh, haven't had the opportunity to read it yet. Have you gotten feedback? And what's it like getting even you know like positive feedback if somebody's like, "This is good." It's a, like a surreal thing. Yeah, it is. I, I've I've had 14 Amazon reviews, all are five stars, um, and then I've other people around me have read it. My boss read it. Um, Brock read it like just there's just a quite a few people who have read it I had a book signing and I totally sold out of all the books that I had at, at the book signing and then getting texts from the people who've read it and they're like it is it is kind of surreal because I, I expect like I didn't expect the such a positive reaction to yeah it. And, I, and hopefully they're not just being nice I hope that they really you know did like the story and it I think they do um, because Amazon reviews are you don't know who the people are when they're giving Amazon review and they're all five stars so far. So, mm-hmm. is it easy for you to take that like positive review? Because I've been in places where somebody's like, "Hey, that was great," and I'm just like, "Oh, 
thanks, awkward. Yeah. You know, like, what do you say? I feel like that. Some A lot of the times I feel a little awkward. They're like, wow, that was so good, and I love this part, and they're giving me the reasons they love it, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, awesome. Like, you really did read the book. Say, How yeah. do you, like, you, you know that. <laughs> yeah. Also, has there been anybody else that has, like, dove so deep in the book that they're creating or maybe they're discovering, like, symbol symbolism I remember being in school and there was like literature classes and they're like, well, this is what this means. You know, the the scarlet letter and all this stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a story. And it's like symbolizing this and this. Has there is there any of that in here? Oh, a lot. And have people discovered that or are they creating their own, maybe even different from what you intended? I think uh, what from what I've experienced with the readers of this particular book is they've noticed the ones that are very obvious. Like one of the Valers, uh, the leader, the alpha that I was talking about, her name is Serafina. And then another one of the Valers, his name is Cherub. So um, that's kind of a symbolize of the cherubim and seraphim. Uh, <clears throat> and then the wizard's name in the book is Adonai. So that's kind of a symbolism of God. And uh, there's, it's a very faith-based story as well. Um, a lot of Christianity themes in it, sacrifice, um, learning to be brave, never losing hope, uh, living with purpose, a lot of Christianity themes in this book. So, I'll, and a few people have even said that it kind of reminded them quite a bit of the Narnia books as yeah. well. So. Was that important for you to put in there? I mean, specifically for your daughter? Oh, yeah, that was, well, so I had this idea, I had the idea of this story for like, I want to say five years or so and I had the premise of it but I just never sat my butt down to write it <laughs> so when I came to write it it all just kind of started coming together and my plan the whole time was to have a faith-based story about a good versus evil story with kids and um, like kind of like a coming-of-age story with kids learning uh, purpose and courage and stuff like that and that's exactly what this book is so um, but yeah, that was always my intent was to make a faith-based story where my daughter can read it and have a hero that mimics what Christ did for us in the Bible. Cool. Mm -hmm. You know, going back in, in the process from sitting down day one, you know, with your daughter and, hey, let's let's figure out a story. Would you change anything from the storyline, a character? Um, would you change anything at all? Now, no, I wouldn't change a single thing. Um now, it was, there was a process where I changed a whole lot, so that's probably why I'm at that point now. <laughs> it's like, we've but, changed enough. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I've gone through changing uh, so much uh, of this book um, and just fine-tuning everything from the... Just every part, it, it was very taxing uh, to do it all yourself. So I did everything for the book. I didn't really have uh, an editor or... I, I had some beta readers who read my first version and gave me some good feedback similar to my wife, and that's why I was like, okay, I need to change some things. So I went back and changed some things, and um, just the whole process, just writing the story, first of all, you're going from a creative brain space, and you're, you're creating all these stories and themes and characters, and that, to me, is the funnest part. Um, and that's where I had the most fun with my daughter doing that. <laughs> but then when it comes to, like, spell checking and grammar commas and all this all this other stuff that is not like that just completely drains me is that so that's not like a strong point for no, you not at all uh so i actually had to really educate myself on how to do that um 
And I feel like I did a pretty good job with the final product. Uh, it took me a long time, though, to to get it perfect, to, yeah. to wrap it up in a little bow and tie the bow. And, and get it here today. Yeah, it took a lot of work. Is there any advice you'd give yourself on day one, like going back, like even just like, hey, it's going to be tough, it's worth it, or is there any advice you would give like, um, learn to go to this website for spell check or, or anything like any, anything at all. Yeah. I learned, I learned a quite a bit from that. Um, there is definitely a really good website. I can't remember the website now. Um, but there is a really good spell check website I found to do that. Um, I watched, I just watched a bunch of videos on different grammar, uh, where to put commas. How do you, is using commas is kind of debatable a lot of times. And I didn't really know that going in, but they change the rules too on punctuation every whenever they feel like it. Yeah, I remember being a kid, and well, you need two spaces after every period. Boom, boom, <laughs> and it just looks awkward. That rule at some point in the past, I don't know when it happened, just went out the window, and they're like, it's not necessary anymore. Like, who makes that? Yeah, rule? same here. So when I was <laughs> writing, like I'd put two spaces, and then it would show a little, you know, that little green thing. Yeah, that you hate to see on the screen, and. You just click it back one and it goes away. So now it's just one space after yeah. the period. Man, there was this there was this website that one of my college courses um, was the university was using it as like a, a, a testing. A, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was awesome. But it would give you suggestions like based on like, oh, well, this is, you know, it may sound clear. It's like, how do you know this? You're a computer like algorithms right. or something. But it's really it was really cool. Is that the website you found? Was it something similar to that? It was something like that, yeah. Um, but with with this book, a lot of uh, made up words and names and stuff like that. Mm. A lot of stuff is going to show up that isn't Hit really it. a like the names. Uh, a lot of the names, um, Mott is not a common name, so that does it catches that. And uh, Charity, her last name is Peculiarity, because uh, she's kind of like a just a bold individual like kind of quiet to herself timid but bold and doesn't really care what other people think and she just kind of makes her way through life and does her own thing and does it a little differently than everyone and doesn't apologize for it yeah so. what's your daughter's name holland holland yeah holly with an n on the end okay okay is she yeah. is there anyone in the book that is almost mimics her in there yeah um i would say the girl bristol in the book kind of uh Look, she definitely looks like her and kind of has that same kind of background. Like Bristol in the book has, she's a very sheltered child where her parents are uh, always there <laughs> and kind of suffocating sometimes. And I see that I see my daughter react like that yeah. sometimes with me and my wife. So, did your daughter realize that she kind of yeah? Related she, to at that one way? point, she said, "Dad, is that like me?" And I was like, yeah, it is kind of like you, actually. I didn't notice it when I wrote it, but it's yeah. Like, what are you talking about? No, totally not. Yeah. yeah. That's the funny thing when writing, like, you, like where, where I pulled from different people in my life and uh, to put in these characters is definitely interesting. It's it's really interesting looking back at it. Yeah. <laughs> Would anybody get offended? It's like, wait, how are you? Yeah. They're reading the book and they're like, that's like, this happened to me. Right. You know? <laughs> Obviously not in... No, no no one would... It, it's more... I, there's a few moments that, like, I kind of put in there as, like, a tribute to my grandpa. Um, he passed away a few years ago. Um, but, like, the dad... Like, the main character is Beckett and his dad, uh, Benjamin. And so, like, 
just the there's an opening chapter where uh, he's coming up to wake Beckett up. And it was just like, I was kind of like reminiscing over that. Cause when I would spend the night at my grandparents' house, like it would always be my grandpa to come up and, and wake me up. And he had like some dogs and they would all, I could always hear the little pitter patter of their steps coming up the stairs. And they'd always just ambush me while I was, I was in bed. And so I kind of like remade a scene like that just as a little like nod to my grandpa. So there's little things like that throughout. That's cool. <laughs> so right now it's 1047. I'm going to switch it back on the FM. We'll be able to talk for a bit more and then I uh, get this. Sewn up. The book is called Chimera. W.J. Norman's on there. You can search that on Amazon and get a copy for yourself today. Here we go. <clears throat> Good morning. This is KHEA Radio 99.5 FM. Right now it is 1047 and we are live. This is Kickstart. I'm Gardy and we are also on Channel 46. If you have the KHEA Radio app, thank you for downloading that. If you don't, do it today. Go search KHEA in the Google Play Store. Go search it in the App Store. And smash the download button, and then you'll be able to access a bunch of discounts to some local businesses. You'll also be able to go back and watch video of every single episode of, of Kickstart that is almost in existence. But I have I have Jeff in studio, and I'm going to let him talk about his book um, and, and let people know why they should get a copy. So, so, Jeff, let us know what the name of the book is, kind of the premise again, and then where they can get a copy. All right. The book is called Chimera. Um, it's a fantasy story targeted at middle age or sorry, middle grade children, <laughs> not middle age children, <laughs> middle grade children. Um, probably late elementary would be good as well. Um, I'm getting really good feedback from adults as well. So it just if you like the fantasy genre in general, um, it's probably a story you would enjoy. Uh, I pull from well, my influences in my uh, reading life are J.R.R. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis and Patrick Rothfuss. Um, yeah, my mom actually drew those, uh, the beasts that are in the pictures that are in the book. Um, she's a cool. very, yeah, she's a good, she's a natural gifted artist. Um, did she do a good job of capturing what you yeah, were imagining them to be? She did exactly what I was hoping. Actually, she would like during the process while she's drawing them, uh, she would send me like a picture of it and I'd say, okay, well the, the head's a little to this and she was, and then she would fix it and. So it was a constant feedback on each of the, each of the uh, characters. If somebody doesn't know what Chimera, what it, what it means, mm -hmm. um, and they're looking at the pictures like on Channel Forty Six or they're watching on Facebook, they're like, "What's going on?" Can you describe? I guess the meaning behind that. Yeah. Well, um, if you can turn, do you mind turning to the first sure. one? Yes. So basically, um, Chimeras are mixed breed. One more. Keep oh, going. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chimeras are mixed breed animals. Um, what they show in it's a little further back. Oh, like, okay, yeah, okay. Sorry. Um, what they show in, like, a dictionary or something is is a animal that has a lion's head, goat horns, um, the front paws of a lion, the back hooves of, like, a goat, and then, like, a snake tail, um, and then they have wings. So um, that's what you see with this one here. Her name's Serafina, and that was the first... Um, beast now seraphina is a beautiful name i will say but looking at this picture yeah i've seen prettier things she's an alpha though she's got to be tough okay so uh yeah <laughs> um but yeah she's the alpha of the valers so but chimera is the realm in this book so it's not necessarily um what the beasts are in this book because i because um 
Valers are what I came up for for the name of the beast, which means basically like a kind of like a something that flies. Okay. And so <clears throat> a lot of Latin influences. I, I had to look up a lot of Latin things to create names yeah. for things. Um, but Chimera uh, is the realm, and so in a in a uh, previous time in this timeline, uh, Serafina got out into our realm, and people started calling her Chimera. So that's how the 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 word got started here. Wow, I feel yeah. like okay, that'd be nuts. First of all, if Serafina, because <laughs> y'all saw the picture of Serafina, what would happen? And oh, who's this? Who's this guy? That's a Sniggler. Um, he's got a little monkey tail and, uh, they're like just little kind of like rat beings, like little squirrels in the forest. He's cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My daughter liked that one. I want one. <laughs> he has like, it looks like a mustache. Yep. He has like a, it's like an upside down handlebar mustache. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Very cool. So I know we talked about this, but is there any plans for for more in the future more copies more uh versions sequels yeah there is i actually started this second book um i'm taking a short break right now just to give my mind a rest from from writing uh because we definitely need that every once in a while yeah but um you know i have a full-time job and being a dad and husband stuff like that so um definitely need a break for now but i do want to come back with i have an idea of a four book series um to actually take the 12 year olds all the way through till I think 16, maybe 18 years old. All right. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share while you're here today? Um, no, just, uh, if you like the fantasy genre, um, you can go to Amazon and just type in the title of the book, Chimera with my la or my name, WJ Norman, and you can find it, um, and order your paperback there. And it's good with Amazon prime as well. All right. Well, thank you for hanging out today. I appreciate yeah, thanks you. Thanks for having me. This is KHEA Radio 99.5 FM. Bye, Facebook. Y'all be blessed.